What is up, you wonderful, beautiful, fantastic people of the world? This is Ashley Campbell with Daily Encouragement. And by the time you guys hear this episode, it will be December 20th, 2023, just five days before Christmas. It is so crazy how quick this year has gone. Uh, We are just hitting the winter season. I always thought technically the season started the 21st of every month, you know, or not every month, excuse me, you guys. But like when we had a new season, it would be, you know, March 21st is the first day of spring. June 21st is the first day of summer. December, you know, December 21st is the first day of winter, blah, blah, blah. And then I think they changed it to like the 20th. Anyway, you guys, winter is upon us. Christmas is coming. The end of the year is here. It is absolutely crazy just to think that here we are. But uh, you guys, really quick, um, I want to talk to you guys today about waiting for Jesus' return. This seems to be a hot topic these days amongst a lot of Christians. And, uh, you know, I want to kind of share my thoughts about it a little bit. But before we get into it, you guys, I want to go ahead and pray. And then let's have the conversation. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you that you've given us your spirit. Your spirit is in us. It's alive and it's well. And um, I pray, Lord, that you would please help us to discern your thoughts within us. Help us to live by the thoughts you have for us. The revelation, Lord, give us revelation and insight in the context of our lives. Let us actually utilize your spirit for the purpose that it has, to be our comforter, to remind us of the things you've taught us. You use it to open our minds and give us understanding like you did with the disciples. There's so many benefits, Lord, and I just, Lord, I just pray that you would help us who have ears to hear, um, really be able to utilize your spirit in a way that we can produce the fruit that you desire. So Lord, I pray you got into this conversation. Thank you for every person who's listening to the podcast. Bless them, God, give them insight, give them authority, help them Lord to, uh, unshackle themselves from any shame or condemnation they have in their relationship with you so they can really grow and thrive and carry out the plans you have for them. So I love you, Lord, bless this conversation. And we just pray all these things in Jesus name. So you guys, I just wanted to bring this up, you know, with everything that's going on in the world over in Israel, you know, uh, just tons of conflicts. What Jesus say? Wars, rumors are wars. You know, um, I know there's other things that are happening, you know, uh, push for digital currency, uh, you know, the tyrannical governments, all this kind of stuff. And you guys, you know, I, I really do believe that, you know, I know Jesus is going to come back one day. I don't know when, um, I don't get too caught up in all of that kind of stuff. I'm more of, Lord, what do I need to do today? And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. I've heard people talk about, you know, hey, you guys need to be awake and and looking for Jesus' return. And yes, absolutely. Jesus even said, we need to be like servants waiting for our master. He's going to go on a long journey. And it's going to come to a point where some of the servants are going to be like, dude, he's taking forever. And, uh, you know, they might start getting drunk and beating their other servants and basically, you know, just kind of forgetting what the task is. You know, it says that he's given his servants. Uh, what scripture is that? I think it's actually here in Luke 18, maybe 19, maybe not. You guys, oh, where's, where's that scripture at Lord? Maybe, maybe, maybe he will remind me while we're on the podcast. Right. But when he's talking about, um, oh, maybe it's right here. No, that's different. Anyway. I'm just going to continue to talk to you guys. And if it comes up, then that's awesome. But, you know, he went on a journey and he left. He says he entrusted his wealth to his servants. He uses so many different parables to like paint this picture. But uh, it says that, you know, when he comes back, some of them, uh, it says, oh, um, he'd given them 
certain resources to feed his servants or something like that. Oh, you guys, I'm butchering it so bad. But the point is, is he given him a task, the master leaves. And he says, watch, because when he comes, it's going to be like a thief in the night. And so I think that's relevant. But then, you know, I also, the other question is, if you are perceiving that people are not watching for Jesus Christ, has the church done a good job in helping people see Jesus in their life today? I think the reality of him being present in our lives is lacking so much in the Christian community. How do I know? Because a lot of people are stuck just going through the motions of church, but they're not experiencing the peace and the power and the freedom and the provisions even that God has promised to give his children. You know, most Christians are still just as burdened, just as weary, just as stressed as everybody else. And I'm not saying we as Christians don't feel any of that. We're human beings. Of course we're going to. But I'm just saying, you know, I remember when I became a Christian, I asked the Lord, like, what's the distinction, God? How are we going to live any different? Like, what's that supposed to look like? You know, I grew, grew up, my parents didn't, weren't consciously seeking God or anything like that. They weren't asking God to help them with their life and, you know, help provide for them and help them figure stuff out. Not at all. You know, both my parents were stressed out and, you know, they were alcoholics and they were just trying to survive, I suppose. And so, you know, but I knew of other Christians, you know, I knew people that said, Hey, I'm a Christian, but their life didn't look any different, you know? And, and that's, what it was like, okay, so even though we're all Christians, we're all supposed to just still stress and life's still going to be like weary and burdensome, you know? And then I remember, uh, I started reading the Bible for myself when I was 19. I've been reading every day since then, you guys, because I want to know what God had to say myself, you know? And I, I had read Matthew six when I was 19 and it said, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear, seek the kingdom first and everything will be added to you. And I was like, what the heck? I never even heard this verse, Lord. You know, I don't, I don't remember anyone talking to me about it when I was in Sunday school. Even as a kid, most of the time it was like the same scriptures that you got to be saved. 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 But no one ever talked to me about after I've been saved. What is that going to look like? Okay. I accepted Jesus Christ. He's my savior now. So what does that mean? What is that supposed to look like? Like, how am I supposed to conduct myself in relationship to the knowledge of God? How is, how is God going to help me now in this life when I've got problems now? You know, it's like, we're all trusting Jesus Christ to take us to heaven. But I mean, if, what about the things that are going on in your life now that you do not need salvation for today? If you guys look up the definition, definition of salvation, it says, any means of deliverance from danger, evil, or ruin. A lot of people don't even want to say that. They're like, oh, you know, what about Christians and people that suffer? You know, sometimes our vulnerabilities or the things we've been through that have been difficult, we don't want to, you know, it's almost like we don't want to set anybody up for failure. Well, if I say it that way, God will deliver you any means of deliver, uh, deliverance, any means of deliverance from danger, evil, or ruin. If I say that and something bad happens, then that means that God didn't help them, you know? It's like, can we just have the conversation and stop trying to buffer everything in Christianity? You know, yes, life is vulnerable. The crappy stuff does happen to people all the time. But does that mean that God still doesn't want to work in our life and help his people? I mean, is he just going to sit here? Does he just sit back and watch us dump crumble and, and waste away 
and then we'll finally enjoy the benefits of him when we're in heaven. I don't believe that. I believe that we're supposed to experience it now. But I also think that the ones who have the knowledge of God haven't done a very good job in helping people that God, that God will help them today, that they can ask for what they need, that they can center their life around Christ. That's what people desire, especially church leaders. Oh man, they want people's houses to be in order. I'm not saying all, I would hope most, right? Unless they're hired hands, right? Jesus talked about that. He says, you know, the, the, the hireling or the hired hand doesn't care for the sheep. And we know that there's people out there that really don't care for God's people. You know, they're in it for whatever they can get out of it. Right. Because God's people are told to, you know, pay tithes to help pay the salary of the ones who are, you know, pouring into them. Right. So yeah, there's a paycheck to be made. Just saying, I mean, can we just talk about this without worrying about saying the wrong thing? I'm serious, you guys. But the point is, is, I would like to hope that most people that have a church are wanting each family there to be in order. The Bible even says, if you're going to be in a position of a shepherd or whatever, then you got to have your own house in order, right? If you can't manage your own household, you can't manage the church of God. And, you know, I just hope and pray that, you know, number one, let me say this, and this might step on some toes, but that's okay. You guys, if you're an individual and you have a relationship with Christ and you have the Holy Spirit, you need to get a really firm grasp on reality that God wants to work in your life as much as he's working in the leaders of the people that you're looking up to. Some people think if they don't, how can I say this? They rely solely on their leaders who are teaching them God's word to give them what they need. Did you know you're not supposed to be a child your whole life? You are literally supposed to grow up spiritually. And that means you have to start picking up the fork yourself. Start reading God's word for yourself. Start thinking about it. Start coming to your own conclusions. What do you think about what God says? How are you supposed to apply that? And a lot of people get scared saying that too. Well, you're not supposed to apply it how you want. It's not what you want to do. You need to have your own grasp in reality on God's word in your own life and heart. Or else you're just going to be dragged around by what everybody else says to do. Okay? You have to be rooted in Christ from the inside out. That means you read it, you think about it, and you ask God to help you uh, put it in the context of your life and what's going on with you. That is how you're going to build people and influence people to influence their homes like everybody wants to. And you also got to be careful on how you talk about, you know, uh, the home and church and everything. Um, some people, if you don't go to church, they think that you're basically a pagan. Well, guess what? Not every church is worth going to out there. There's some churches out there that, uh, you know, are teaching things that are not good, like homosexuality, certain lifestyles that God's like, uh, you shouldn't have any part of that. And that's a super extreme example, you know? But the point is, is you have to be convinced that God is in you no matter where you go to figure out who God is. Do you know God in you? Do you know God in you by the spirit he sent? Did you know that's the, that's the last means of deliverance that God has sent into your life? Through Jesus Christ, right? But what, what do I mean? God sent his spirit for a reason. His spirit. What's a spirit? Thoughts, emotions, and will. Do you want God to change your life? The only way that's going to happen is if you let God change your thoughts. You have to let God reveal himself within yourself. Period. There's no other way. Okay? That's the point I'm trying to make. 
get comfortable with the fact that God is in you. He's in your heart, right? That's where the Holy Spirit chose to live. In the same spot that a lot of Christians, ooh, I'm stepping on more toes right here, right? Oh, don't follow your heart. Well, where's the kingdom of heaven? Right? The Bible doesn't strictly say follow your heart. It says the heart is desperately wicked and who can know it? That's Jeremiah 17. And then if you read further, friend, it says, I, the Lord, know it. Does God know your heart in that way? Right? I mean, we have to let God be God within us. 100%. We have to let him heal us through changing our perspectives on our life, the way that we think that keeps us stuck. And we have to start doing it now. The more that we can see God in today, the way easier it is to be eagerly waiting for his return. People don't eagerly await for his return because they don't eagerly see him in their life now. There's has no, there's been lack of connection point between God working now versus, oh, when we go to heaven, man, I can't wait to go to heaven. People are like, yeah, I, I mean, cool. I'm going to go to heaven too, but I'm still alive, <laughs> right? What am I going to do now with the knowledge of God? So church leaders be better about communicating that to people. So that way people can be like, wait a minute, following God is actually pretty practical. I do need help with problems in my life. I can't ask him for anything. Did you know you can ask him for anything? He said that. That's another, you know, issue with Christians. Well, you got to be careful what you ask for. You got to ask it within God's will. Well, what's God's will? God's will is that you'd be saved. Okay? That's number one. Number two, Jesus did say, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. If you really love somebody, let's just use marriage because that's God always uses that relationship as a picture of who who he is to you. He calls you, he says, I'm your husband, your maker. All right. That's the kind of intimacy that God wants to have with his people. If anyone out there is married, like I've been, you know, almost 23 years, I love my husband. I've kept his words that I promised to keep when we got married, when we exchanged vows, we exchanged words. We said, these are the stipulations, right? When you take vows, right? Being faithful to each other. Right, ride or die, right? Your sickness and health, poor, rich, right? Me and my husband have been through it all. And we stayed with each other. And because we've built that trust with one another, I can ask him for anything because he trusts me. I would never ask him for anything outside of the marriage covenant. Right? And that's the, that's the maturity side of it. You don't have to constantly worry and, and oh my gosh, am I asking for the right thing? God will refine you. <laughs> Just ask. Think of all the things that are hidden and buried in your own heart because you're worried about asking for the wrong thing. Start asking. Start somewhere. Start somewhere, okay? But really, really quick, you guys, I wanted to bring this up. This is uh, Luke 18. It says, Then he spoke a parable to them, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Hmm, thank you, Lord. Saying, There was a certain city, a judge, who did not fear God nor regard man, nor... Okay, now... Excuse me, guys. There was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. At least by her continual coming, she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. What did he say? What did the unjust judge say within himself? Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, at least by her continual coming, she weary me. 
He's like, wow, hear what, she's, hear what the unjust judge said. And then the Lord said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Will he really find us expecting God to do the things we're asking him to do? Or are you even asking God to do anything in your life? Are you just sitting back telling yourself that you can't ask because it's selfish? How many of your judgments are actually keeping you from God? What are the things that you want to ask God about, but you don't because? Where did that come from? Who told you that? If your knowledge is separating you from God, it's not from God. Straight up. Your knowledge should bring you to God. You should know the character of God if you read his word, if you actually studied and paid attention. And if, if, if reading God's word is a burden to you, tell him. You think God doesn't know that? You already know that. So acknowledge it. Start dealing with the things that are holding you back utilize God's mercy, grace, love, and truth. It has a context. The context is your life and your heart and your resistance to him at times. It's okay to acknowledge those things. That's the only way that you're going to see God set you free from your own way of thinking and the burden of your own shame and your own judgment and your own condemnation. You want to see God work in your life, get real with yourself. Confess to God. Confess your sins. Confess your ways that, you know, you know are there. So that way you can start moving forward and then you'll be waiting for Jesus because you're looking for him right now. You're not looking for him on the final day. You're saying, Lord, where are you at today? You said, Lord, even said, what does it say in Hebrews? I think it is. Uh, whoever comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Are you diligently seeking God on a daily basis? Okay. I think it's important to ask the question because if we don't, then we're not going to experience God the way he wants us to. Yeah. Last verse, Hebrews 10, six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do you believe God's a rewarder? Oh, is that hard for you to hear? Oh, are, are you too, are you too humble? Right? It's like, oh, well, you know, I don't really don't deserve to be rewarded by God. Do you know that he wants you to be in touch with your motivations? Did you know he wants to be the motivation for the rewards that you seek? Why do you think God talks like this to us? Acknowledge the humanity that God put in you. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if you want reward in your life, there's nothing wrong with that. God knows that we want those things. He is the one who put it in us. However, we have to be conscious of how we're going to get those things because God gave us a choice. So it's okay to own the fact that you want a reward and to put it towards your relationship with God. Okay. So you guys, we covered a lot today, probably a little bit more than I expected, but Hey, that's okay. I just want to bring up the fact that the best way to wait for the Lord's return is to look for him today. There's no other way to do it. There's no other way around it. Look for him now. Seek him diligently. Ask him to help you in the context of your life. 
ask him to help you understand and, and reveal areas in your life where you're stuck or feel ashamed or condemned or whatever it is. Bring your burdens to him and then pay attention to the thoughts that he's going to give you, the aha moments, the new perspectives, whether it's within yourself. You can sit there sometimes and talk to the Lord about these things and you'll have a new thought. Sometimes it happens right then. Sometimes it happens later on, you know, in the day or down the road. You'll be uh, having a conversation with somebody or, or you'll come across a resource, whether it be on social media or you're listening to the radio or you're driving or, you know, hanging around your friends and, and talking about your life. You guys, I hope you've got some good people that you trust in your life to talk about what you need because God uses people in your life as well. Okay. So anyway, look for God now. All right. We teach people to look for God now. It's, we don't have to tell them to look for him later. All right. So you guys have an awesome rest of the day. Keep seeking the Lord with all your heart. And I'll talk to you guys next week.